Welcome to the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, I should have left you. Without a strong show to flip to. Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through. Uh, time's up. I'm about to bless you with another season. Another reason to cut on the Raw TV and start the cheesing. To get up on the phone and go call your friends and let them know the King B's Raw Fusion begins to sit on back and enjoy yourself. I'll be your company, baby. If you need a little help, I took off for a while to revise the plan. Got my focus on so I can check out the scam and open up my team. Eliminate the fake And when got me a beat from Bobby Drake And now I'm back And it's better than you ever saw But enough talk Let's get wrong A typical night at the clubs Let's get wrong You don't want to fall in love Let's get wrong You got the fusion in your blood Let's get wrong And to my ladies and my thugs Let's get wrong And to the haters on the scene Let's get wrong Don't be mad cause we got green Let's get wrong You should be trying to make the team Let's get wrong Cause we taking everything Raw Fusion. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? King B right here, and welcome to the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Now, some of you may remember the TV show King B's Raw Fusion that we had on PBS and we did for years on television. There are others that may know me from the Candlelight Cafe, which was my radio show. This is going to be a lot of all of that. For those that knew Raw Fusion on TV, we had fashion, sports, entertainment, interviews, music. Well, you can expect a lot of that here at the podcast. So enjoy the audio version of Raw Fusion through the podcast. And we are going to have fun, ladies and gentlemen. Now, since we don't have the FCC stuff behind us, well, I get to talk some shit. Let's get right on into it. It's time to talk some shit with King B on the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Brought to you by TheIndieCity.com. The NBA is back. The NBA was among the first, if not the first, major sports organization to put a cease mid-season because of COVID and many other organizations followed suit afterwards well the nba is back they are in what they call a bubble i didn't know how this was going to work out when they started talking about it so how do you do it now with no fans i'm going to tell you something i think they did a hell of a job i've been watching a few of the games and there are times when you kind of forget there are no fans in the stands you know i'm a television and film producer so i notice little things and One of the things I noticed that in the shot, in the big wide shot, it kind of seems the same. What you normally get in that shot is the bench, the benches, timekeepers, and that kind of thing there. And maybe the fans on the floor and a few rows up. You wouldn't see the whole arena in that shot. So that shot kind of looks a little normal because of the fact that they have They've set up the bench a little differently. So now they're social distanced and there's looks like, I think, a couple of rows of uh, players. So that gives you people on the side and the coaches and trainers and things of that nature. So there's some people there. They've also kept the back 
or the whole thing kind of dark. It kind of feels a little spacious as opposed to a bright colored wall and you, you see where it ends. It's kind of dark so you don't really feel so confined. It's very smart. Then they have this big video screen and they've got some cool graphics on it and, and around the arena. That's cool too. But here's the thing. On this video screen, from time to time, they will have what they call virtual fans. <laughs> and it's kind of like a setup of fans with seats that are set up like normal seats and people in those seats. That is actually a good idea. <laughs> Where I think it goes wrong is first off, you have the actual players in that shot so you can see them while you see these virtual fans. The head sizes of the actual people there, you can see. Those fan shots, even the smaller ones, look to be twice the size, at least, of the normal person's head. What's even more interesting is there <laughs> are, are a mixture of sizes of heads, and some of them are twice the size of the ones that are already twice the size of an actual head, and they're all mixed up in there, and the seats seem to be uniform, which makes it even more weird and kind of creepy, if you ask me. It's uh, kind of Hunger Game-ish, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, except even in the Hunger Games, they were kind of proportionate to each other. These people are, you know, one big ass head, and then, you know, you got this little small head. Pause. It's interesting. So what it's become is a cross between a brilliant idea and a clusterfuck. And I'm not sure which one it is. The execution of it is a little crazy. But I will say, the commentators are commentating. They have a little audio thing that's kind of airy, kind of like a crowd noise, um, which makes it feel, or at least sound, kind of normal. Even though visually you can see it's not in the same place, it still feels that way to me. Where that audio falters is, of course, when there's a big play, you don't have that crowd roar the same way. And then there is that organ music, you know, where at the end you say charge or defense, that thing with the pounding. I'd like to see those things because you can still get that audio and it would feel kind of the same. But I will say that there are times during the game where you kind of forget about social distancing and just enjoy the game. It's kind of nice. Also, a major difference in this whole thing is the beginning. You know, uh, a few years ago, a guy by the name of Colin Kaepernick from the NFL decided to show a protest because so many lives were being taken by the people who were supposed to protect them. This person was white balled, basically locked out of the league and hasn't returned since. Just this year, there's been a lot of protest for the very same thing. A lot of buildings burned or broken into and looted. And after all of that, a lot of people started to think that kneeling wasn't so bad. But before, they were vilified. Colin and a few other players around the league, they were called sons of bitches by an idiot. And people thinking they are patriots by saying and repeating those type of words. Well, I have news for you. If you're an actual patriot who believes in the First Amendment right, then you're actually saying that that right is the right of a son of a bitch, which kind of is unpatriotic. 
They tried to change the narrative and turn it into a commentary against the military. But the military fights for what the United States of America is supposed to be about, which includes the Constitution, which includes the right to speak up and protest if you feel there's an unjust situation going on. These people died for that freedom. So to talk against someone using that freedom, even if you don't believe in what the protest is about, you should believe in the fact that they have that right to protest. A real patriot would. A true patriot would. Anyway, after being called all kinds of derogatory names, uh, and NFL going through a problem with unpatriotic people not supporting the movement, the NBA took the time because they started to look at them and they made the decision and made it public that all the players would be standing for the anthem. Now, after millions of people have protested all over the world, and now, after thousands of businesses were burned and or looted, now they are making an effort. And every single player, well, not every single player, but in most games, every player, coach, looks like everybody in the building is kneeling. And what's interesting to me, and I don't know if you realized it or, or recognized it or, or pointed it out, the games that I've watched, they've been doing something like a remix, <laughs> like a, a national anthem remix. I, one was kind of hip hopish, and one was kind of rockish, and kind, one kind of country. I haven't, I have yet to see, and that's not to say that it hasn't happened because I haven't seen every game. But the ones I've seen hasn't had the traditional rendition of the anthem. I wonder if that's on purpose. I don't know that it is, but it seems strange. However, I will say that I think it's good that the NBA has finally come around to a more patriotic position. And now these people can use their First Amendment right to speak out against something so heinous. That's how I think. Let's find out what you guys think. Let's hit these phone lines and see what's up. Yo, what up? Who's this? What's going on? What's going on? This is McKenzie Holmes. What's happening? Red King, what's happening? That Mac there, man. What's up? Oh, what's up? snap. Oh, snap. You know, Mac, 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 we been, we've been recording, uh, filming. Uh, way, way back at Roos. Roos 1, Roos 2. Yeah. All that. The Roos uh, did the. The Red uh, Lama TV now. The, the, the setup uh, with Kusha Conflict. I, 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 oh man, I, that was one of my funnest ones right there. Yeah, I could take care of it for uh, starting your career, can I? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, now you all over the TV yeah. screen. <laughs> yeah, all over. But you know that Kusha Conflict, man. That was that was some uh, fun stuff. That was actually my first big stuff that I've ever done, and it was it was really cool doing it. And uh, you know. Uh, you let me do the lead and everything. That was cool. That was really cool. I looked at it uh, not too long ago. It's over like uh, 15,000, 20,000 uh, views. Yeah, that's I'm just on that too. That's just on one page. Um, actually, mm. if you go through all the pages, because a bunch of people put it out, it's probably at you know about quarter million by about now. A million, isn't it? Yeah, right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? Wonderful. Man. I like that. A quarter million people see me. That's good. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's always good, man. You know what I'm saying? And you're a terrific actor, man. I have to say that. Man, I appreciate that, man. And, and you all over the place. Camera, acting, uh, selling T-shirts, podcast. Man, what else do you do, man? You Jamaican or what? Uh, <laughs> I'm a hustler, man. That's all it is. I'm a hustler, man. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You definitely is. I'll give you that credit. If I look in the dictionary, I see your picture. <laughs> my man, my man. All right, so um, check it out. We're talking about the NBA today. Uh, what do you think about this new NBA with no fans, man? Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. And uh, I had to get used to it because they got fake fans in the, uh, in the seat and then they're making the sound. So I was like, at first, I was like, is this an old game? And then I had to realize it was a, a social distance uh game it's crazy it's hard to get used to and also it's starting in the middle of the season and you know it's the playoffs trying to get to the playoffs so all the teams ain't in it's crazy you know yeah man, worried I, about I, the covid I, situation too i call them the hunger game heads <laughs> you remember the hunger games <laughs> yeah, playing the games exactly. and had them heads on the screen that's that's what it reminds me exactly. of, man. It's kind of weird. And the fact that <laughs> they can't get the heads right, man. You know what I'm saying? They got one big-ass right. head, and then uh, then they got one little small Beetlejuice head. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, exactly. it's, just, it's too much, man. <laughs> but, I mean, it too was much. innovative. It was an innovative thought, and uh, they just need to get the technical part down. You know what I'm saying? Right, I think right. it'll be all right. And can I get one of my pictures on, on one of them seats? I know, right? I, you know what? If it was me, I'm gonna give them this idea for free. They'd have to pay for that shit. If it was oh, me, yeah. you'd be. You, it'd be. A, the, I don't know if you could actually charge the the price of admission, but I'd set it up to where it's 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 like a, a interactive experience. You have to go to a place where you're social distance, and you actually get a feel like you're in the game. You know what I'm saying? And you pay a ticket price for that. Yeah, I can see that. Also, I, I I would see like this, you know, fans that would like to be seen on TV, and you want your picture in one of them seats, you know. Hey, another way, you know, just to make some some money, you know. That's all. They gonna make that money, you know what I'm saying? They gonna, oh, yeah, make, gonna money. make it. What do you think about this social commentary that they're doing throughout the show? Uh, well, I mean. The commentary is cool, and they they they, they separated, and it's cool. I, I can see that. It's cool. The whole kneeling and all that kind of stuff. You know. Well, you know, uh, I guess uh, Kelly Kaepernick was right. We wouldn't have had to go through this if they'd have listened to him. <laughs> so now they want now everybody want to kneel. So yeah, and uh, I think it's a good thing too, really, right now, so that finally they will hear. Quit pulling me over. Quit choking me. Quit doing this to me. Quit doing. Be fair with the law and everything, you know, all that, you know. And uh, if you let them do this and, and, and arrest us for it, you know, you know, all that's got to change. And and, and we all got a story about something that happened uh, with police brutality and all that. So we all got stories, you know. And do, don't get me wrong. I got some friends on the uh, police force. I love some of them, but you know, overall, we just got to uh, you know make some noise. Now we really got to make some noise and get this thing changed. 
right now. Yeah, man. Every cop, every cop doesn't doesn't participate in those kind of bad behaviors. But I think also, you know, if you stand with the cops to do, uh, I I don't see how I can call you a good cop either. You know what I'm saying? At some point, Absolutely. you're gonna have to make a stand for humanity, as opposed to a blue shield. You know, what I mean, we got to look at the human right. shield. Well, just like like they tell us, they say, see something, say something. Well, that's the same thing applies for y'all. If exactly. y'all see something going on with y'all, y'all say something. Exactly, exactly. And at some point, I think you know. And, and to be honest with you, when you have when you have these people who are um, really doing a disservice and disrespect. Now they're disrespecting the badge by doing Absolutely. these things. You know what I mean? You should be appalled as a Absolutely. police officer and you should be doing something to make sure that that doesn't happen and that those people get the right justice, which is life imprisonment, uh, death penalty, whatever it is. You know, that's important. And, and if we don't... I, we I don't, totally agree. Yeah, if we don't get that under control, then, you know, it's kind of hard for you to get on TV and tell everybody else to snitch on their neighbor, and then you won't snitch on your own cop buddies, so. Exactly, exactly. And it's like this. I say, I say, um, I really don't believe most people, there's a lot of people get on the force because they really truly want to serve and protect. And their family's been there, and they really love to be a police. There's some good cops out there. It really is. But then there is uh, this cold blue where they can't say nothing. Well, y'all got to break that because they messing up y'all, what y'all stand for. And making it you know, more dangerous for you on the streets. Something that's, and, make it, and make it more dangerous for you on the street. Back in the day, we had officer friendly. There ain't no such thing as that right now. Man, you dating yourself, man. You really letting people know how old you are. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, hey, man, because uh, 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 Samuel Jackson and all of them started late, and he's doing well right now, so I don't care about telling my age. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, bro. Yeah. Hey, yo, it's good you to talk to you, brother. You know the only thing I'm worried about is Florida, man. Was it? You know, because they, they COVID is so high. Even the baseball team. And I'm, I'm even worried about the basketball team, you know, uh, infecting the league and the league in the, because they get ready, they might end up shutting down again because of the fact so many people getting COVID, just like in baseball, so many people getting COVID, you know, because you got to travel to other cities and people, some people ain't taking it serious and they go out and party, wherever they go do, and uh, it's dangerous, you know, make the league may shut down. They may not even last long, none of them. This is a test right here to see if any of them going to last. And we got a m- bunch of morons that don't even want to wear a mask. You know what I mean? Don't even want to wear a mask. You see them right on TV, talking to them right there on mask. You know, all that, you know, hey. Well, hopefully. Uh, it's going to work. You know, I, I, that's, a, that's another subject for another show, but I'm going to tell you something. Yes, it's sir. Re- yes, it's sir. actually ridiculous that you think that just because it has a 99% rate of not dying, that you think, you know, it's okay to just run around and not protect yourself as if you want to spend three weeks into the in the hospital sick, even if you are going to live, who in the hell wants to take three weeks off of work? You just complain about being in the house, uh, the quarantine. Now you're in the hospital eating that hospital food for three weeks and 
that's okay. Just because you're going to live. It sounds like a dumb argument to me, but hey, man, I appreciate you coming through man, the show. You got a radio voice just like uh, Don Cornelius, man. Smooth and mud. Smooth and butter. <laughs> Soul trade. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I think you got something going on right here, man. Thank you, I'm my brother. You, a lot of people need to tune in. Number love to you, dog. Same to you, bro. Love to be, on, on, be the first one on your show, on the first show. Number love. You did. I'm holler at you, man. You did. Holler at you later. Yo, what up? Who's this? Hey, hey, this is Tank, South Side Chicago. Tank, what up, bro? What's going on with you, man? How you feeling? I'm chilling, man. How about yourself, bro? Everything is everything. We're talking about the NBA today. What do you think about this new no-fan NBA game, man? Well, seeing that the fans make up a whole, a lot of percentage of the game itself, it's, it's odd not having people in the in the in the venue but I mean I guess because of what's going on I guess it's a necessity. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go on with the show, you gotta go on with the show, but it takes a lot of the air out the out the whole game itself, not having the crowd to cheer you on or boo you, you know, depending on, you know, who how you feel about your team or whatever. But that, you gotta do what you gotta do it, I guess. Is is it is it really noticeable when you're watching the game? Yeah, I mean, you take that, like, say, I was watching the Last Dance documentary, mm-hmm. and you know how hot the Bulls were in the '90s. So, oh yeah, you just take that in itself and watching the games and hearing the crowd go crazy, whether they were at home or away, and you compare it to now, you know, the difference is night and day. I mean, yeah, obviously they didn't have no pandemic going on, I'm just saying. You could obviously see the big difference of, of of crowd participation as opposed to, you know, nobody or maybe three or four people in the building in today's uh, NBA based on what's going on. Me personally, uh, it, it, this is a subject for another uh, show, but uh, <laughs> uh, what they did in the 90s and what they do in Today, even with fans in the stands, is a completely different game. Oh yeah, I mean, I I agree totally. It's, it's the whole nature, the whole toughness of it all. Yeah, don't get me started. It's a it's a whole <laughs> difference of of now as now as opposed to back then. Not back then, you probably have to dog on there commit murder to get a foul. Now. <laughs> You know, you blow on somebody or sneeze, it's over with. And I don't mean that. And that's before the pandemic came out. You know, you do a little something and it's over with. You know, foul being called and all that is too soft. It's absolutely too soft. But, you know, I guess you change with the times. I was telling some guys that, and, you know, I guess they didn't understand until that uh, Last Dance documentary came out. And then they got got to see what it really was like. And like, oh, shoot, yeah. <laughs> it's like, You'd yeah, okay. You would be surprised if you're a fan now, young or younger than me or whatever, and you ain't watched nothing from back in the day type of thing, you're not going to understand the difference of 90s basketball or 80s, especially the 80s, yeah. uh, versus, versus today's game. So it's not expected for them to understand. But once you look at that documentary, that covers a lot of space. Yeah, it does. It covers a lot of space, <laughs> not just with 
because of the Bulls, but you can look at it and know that it. And you go on you you know other platforms and look at old games and stuff. It, it's it's too obvious. Today's players will not last. Yeah, no, they, I don't I don't think so. Um, I will say this: that the shooting game is that is incredible. I mean, uh, Steph Curry and even the uh, the other guys. The three point game is incredible, and they have that over uh, the '90s game. But everything yeah. else about the game <laughs> was better in the '90s. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna see Steph Curry going. You're not gonna see Steph Curry going to the hole. To the hole. Not in the '90s. He doesn't need so, to. Yeah, yeah. They got the game that they got their little three pointer now, and you can live and die by it. But you're not going. They're not gonna go to no hole. No. But the the truth of the matter is, Steph is probably the best uh, shooter the NBA has seen. Uh, you know, it just really is. And then the rest of them are stepping their game up too. So it's, in terms of shooting, it's a great game if you like shooting. But me, I'm a yeah. football guy. I like football. So even in the 90s, basketball was soft to me as a whole sport because, you know, I'm used to hitting people every play. So I used to think basketball was soft then. So imagine what I think about it now. Right. And you know you had the Pistons back then. So oh man, bringing you bringing up them place. them them guys on my show? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you got to be real. You got to be real. Put the Pistons against the people now, man. They'd be arrested. I tell you one thing, man. I love Detroit as a city. I've been there several times. Um, they showed me love when I was promoting the film Roost and the other films. Um, I love them as a city. But I hate that damn team. To this day, I can't stand that damn team. And uh, it's funny, when I went there, you know, we laughed and joked about it because they feel the same way about us. So, you know, it's all good. You right. know, but, but they, 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 I will say that Detroit, they showed me a hell of a lot of love, man. I love them in Detroit. Yeah, well, they, in their own little way, they made a certain number 23. They made him come up. They they had a part in his growth too. They made him work for it. They made him work for it. They said they certainly did that. Yeah, yeah. You had to graduate. Yeah, there you go. So check it out. So now they're doing the uh, the kneeling and everything. Uh, What do you think about that? Okay, okay. Let me see how I want to say this. (laughs) Out of hell with it. I don't. I I mean, it, it is what it is. You you. If that's your form of protesting, that's fine. What it would do in the long run, I don't think anything. You know, that's you, a great... You've been doing it this long. You've been doing it this long, and, you know, you bring some attention to it, yeah, but you bring more... It's more too much more of a debate than it is anything else necessarily being done. You know, that's a, a, a good point. When people were talking about the NFL about the kneeling and, and things of that nature. Especially then, I think that what Colin did was important because he was bringing attention, a wider attention uh, to the subject. But now, everybody's talking about the subject, basically. So is the kneeling bringing, well, I mean, what's the kneeling for? I mean, people got people got on Jay-Z for saying we're past the kneeling stage. I think that people need to learn what he was trying to say. 
the the kneeling I feel personally I feel that the kneeling was bringing attention into a different arena no pun intended about a particular issue now the attention has been brought so if that was the goal to bring the attention we got the attention now so being past kneeling is trying to find actual solutions instead of just bringing attention that's what I got from what he was trying to say so to your point, and I would always say, well, what is the NFL going to actually do? What is all of this kneeling and wearing it on the back of the jerseys, phrases and stuff like that? What is it actually going to do against the violence perpetrated by police officers? I, 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 listen, Colin, like you said, his, his, his kneeling, his initial kneeling put it out there. Okay, fine. And he was vilified for it. He put his, he, pretty much he put his body and his, and his soul on the line. It wasn't a trendy thing to do. Right. Now it's a trendy thing to do. And now it's something where, okay, everybody can say, you know, it's a perfect day to arrest the uh, killers of uh, the young lady. Brianna, I believe her name is. Right. Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor. You know, yes. doing stuff like that. Okay, it, it's become trendy now. Right. In the end of it all, who's going to sit down, or, or who's going to take the, uh, the the weight, or who's going to make the effort to talk to whoever's necessary, or whoever's in charge, to get something going? You can't talk to that cat in Washington, obviously, but if you're talking like state, statewide, you know, get get to them people if, if nothing else. If you're really serious and, and, and get your influence in there and, and, and put your foot on, no pun intended, put your foot on their neck and get something going. Yeah. You can kneel all you want to, but I mean, what are you expecting that to do now? Right. Well, somebody can all of a sudden look at the TV like, oh, okay, well, I'm watching people kneel. I guess I'll change the law to, I mean, that doesn't, it, it won't do that. All I'm doing now is just turning on the TV and watching people kneel. The one thing I can say that it might help to do is to keep it out there. But past that, you're right. We have we have to we have to start doing some things. We have to vote. We have to get to that socioeconomic status of these neighborhoods. Because what people don't really understand is the way it's supposed to work. The people are supposed to make the politicians answer to them. Let's talk about what really happens. The police answer to the politicians and the politicians answer to the people with money. So instead of the voters, because most of the time we don't go out and vote, it's usually 20 to 30 percent. What we actually end up doing is the people that that uh, we allow the people that contribute to their campaigns, the people that have the money in those communities. Those are the ones that the politicians are going to answer to. So if we have our businesses in our communities and we are making that money and we become the rich ones or at least economically accelerated, then we would be able to talk to those politicians and they will have to answer to us if they want to stay in office. So right. I think those are some things that we need to get done ASAP. But to that point, but to that point, look at it like this. It starts from the smallest thing. We can talk about supporting our businesses, 
all we want to. The first thing you have to do is provide as a business good customer service. Exactly. It's, it's, you, you believe it or not, it's small, but it goes a long way. It, as a consumer, I should be in the mindset that I shouldn't have to go in and worry about you know, getting talked to any type of way and being made to feel like, oh, because I'm shopping with you because you're my color, that you just won't talk to me any type of way. Whereas as a consumer, I shouldn't have to worry. I mean, as a uh, owner, business owner, I shouldn't also have to worry about the consumer coming in and consistently asking for and to get this discount. Right. And you ain't never shopped it before, but the first thing you're looking for is a handout. Right. Then, you know, that, that layer, that small layer there goes a long way because, you know, any type of negative interaction is going to, you know, is going, is going to explode. I'm not going to support you, and then, you know, the consu- the uh, owner is going to feel like, you know, skip that thing, you know, skip you. You know, it comes down to education, and it's probably one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because we have to educate people on the on the process of business. When you've been in business for a while, you have different resources, you have access to different suppliers, what you're able to do, and, and, and also capital. So what you're able to do is buy at a better price, buy in bulk. You know what I'm saying? So I make this analogy or this example. If me as a business owner, I can get a product for 25 cents. Now that's the, the that's if I have had a business for a while and I have those connections and, and I'm buying in bulk and all that stuff. Now, if I'm just starting out, I may only be able to get the same product for seventy five cents. Now, what the person, the big box stores or whatever they can do is they can say, Okay, I'm going to sell at seventy five cents. I'm gonna give you a sale. And if the small business owner bought it at 75 cents, they can't give that 75 cent sale and actually make a profit, which means they will end up going out of business. And what we'll do is we'll go in there and say, hey man, they got it down the street for 75 cent. You know what I'm saying? You can't do 75 cent? And when you say no, they say, oh man, you taxing. You know what I'm saying? And they go down the street and they tell all the people, Man, they taxing over there, Joe. We we finna go over here and you know what I'm saying, get it down here. And what ends up happening, that business will go out of business for lack of support. And we're back to in our community, our dollar uh, only circulating one, two, maybe on a good day, three times. And that brings down the community because they don't really hire our people from the community. What they'll do is maybe they'll let you sweep up. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll give you a a $5 job or something. You still have to be on welfare and work. And that's not helping our community. Now, if we make a conscious effort, and I agree with you, customer service is one of the biggest priorities you have to have, especially if you wanna have repeat business. I've been in business for years even with the online store, you have to take care of the customer, period. That doesn't mean you get ran over. That means you go a little bit further to make sure that your customers are comfortable and they'll come back and they'll tell other people. So 
that's how you build a business from the ground up. So we ha- right. it, it takes both of us, like you said, it takes both of us. It takes the business owner, have to make sure that the customers are taken care of. And then it, we have to be educated that at least for this time right now to support the businesses that are locally owned, we may have to pay just a little bit more. And that's okay. Once that business gets to where it needs to go, then they will be able to offer that discount at some point. And as a thank you for uh, supporting that business, that's fine. But not when the business first opens up and you think you should get a discount, the hookup, look out for me, dog. None of that shit. You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to go into jewels and do that. You're not going to go into jewels. And I don't care if you shopped in jewels since, since three, four years ago up until now. You ain't going to jewels and ask for uh, a discount. I've never seen it happen. It never will. Most people's argument would be that Jules gives discounts, and they do, um, or they yeah, form of sales. Coupons. Yeah, coupons and sales and stuff like that. They do give that, but the point that I'm making is they're able to do that because they've been in business that long that they've been able to get the product at a, at a discounted rate or or a lower rate, or whether it be by bulk or because they've been dealing with these people for a long time, and they're yeah. able to do that and still make a profit a bigger profit than anyone that just started their business, you know, yesterday or last week or got that $10,000 and started a business. Hopefully that's what you guys did with that money. Uh, (laughs) If you got that $10,000, hopefully you put it in a business somewhere and uh, help our community grow, man. Hey, thanks bro for coming through and checking this out. um, And, you know, giving your opinion, man. I appreciate it. All right. It's a pleasure. You keep it up. Thank you, bro. I will. I'll try. <laughs> Holla. If you want to check out some of our films, you can do so at patreon.com slash King B. And as always, King B's Raw Fusion podcast is sponsored by theindycity.com. If you like independent artists or independent products or you're just independent like me, check out theindycity.com. T-H-E. I-N-D-Y-C-I-T-Y dot com. All right, now it's time for our spotlight. And in the spotlight today is a wonderful person that I've known since first grade. She is a brilliant attorney, an entrepreneur, and she's got a lot of things going on that we're going to talk about in just a few seconds. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the spotlight. April Prayer. How you doing, counselor? Good. Woo! Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, you've been doing a lot of things for a very long time. You still look good doing it, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) Let's talk about how this all started. I know that you are an attorney. You know, we have kind of a kindred spirit there. I wanted to be an attorney. I just didn't want to go through uh, law school. (laughs) No, that's actually not. Yeah. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not true. I didn't want to go to law school, but that was because I got sick of school in college. But it was also because I got a conscience somewhere in college. And I wasn't going to be a prosecutor because, well, they don't make enough money. And <laughs> <laughs> that's just not. Scott's not. It's true. 
and, and I started to think, do I really want to get uh, people off that I know did it? And I'm, I'm kind of an obsessive. I love to win. And I, I just, you know, getting some murderers and, and uh, uh, pedophiles or whatever off, and I know they did it, was a problem for me. Even though I know that the system only works when uh, everyone is entitled to a defense. I think that was the reason why I stopped. And then I just went into entertainment. And the funny part about it is, is that you are an attorney and you're kind of an artist or, or not really kinda, you are an artist and and uh, a bit of an entertainer. So there you go. <laughs> Let's talk about this law firm. <laughs> so I've actually had my same partnership for almost 11 years. Actually, this month makes 11 years. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And then we, so we added two new partners. I, I mean, moments before Corona hit, like, <laughs> I mean, days before the coronavirus hit. So that's a brand new partnership. But so we do immigration, criminal defense, and then I like to say we sue cops. We, <laughs> we do civil rights cases based on tasing, beat ups, shootings, wrongful death cases, and most of them are based on police stops. So we say that we do the people's work. That is wonderful. What's the name of the law firm for everyone out there? Schiller, Prayer, Gerard, and Samuel. Woo! Yeah, that sounds like a law firm. (laughs) It was just Schiller Prayer for like 11, almost 11 years. So I'm getting used to adding the two additional names. Wow, that's great, that's great. Here's the thing that I have a problem with. I had my own run in. I'm probably not going to talk about it right now. But because my ass wasn't kicked, it wasn't going to happen. You're a big dude, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they wanted sure that it. that helps. I don't think they wanted it. Um, however, I did go through a process. And what I was told was it was not really worth suing the city because I didn't get my ass kicked. But it it definitely was unjust to the fact where when we went to court, they just immediately threw it out. Mm-hmm. And even the sergeant told me that I should sue them because it's like, what did he do? There's, there's nothing here in the report. So mm-hmm. what's that about? So that's unique to the, did it happen in the city of Chicago? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's unique to the city of Chicago. The city of Chicago for, I don't know, going on three or four years now has had a no settlement policy. And that was their way of weeding out cases like you just described, where there aren't really severe injuries, but indefinitely, a def, definitely an injustice was done. But they know that they will basically wear you out in court financially. So they will tell you up front, we're not settling with you. You're going to have to litigate this. Mm. Um, and so because of that, a lot of those smaller cases fell by the wayside until recently. So there is a nonprofit called First Defense Legal Aid that actually recently set up a hotline just to take cases like those, the ones that maybe the big firms shy away from because it'll be a lot of money up front because those types of cases you don't pay. The client does not pay out of pocket at all. You don't pay anything unless we win for you. And so that's a big risk for law firms to take. So they recently set up a hotline to catch cases like that and get those people served as opposed to them throwing their hands up and discuss saying, okay, there's, there's no way for me to get any recourse. Mm. 
Okay. That's interesting. But if they happen in a smaller suburb, uh-huh. a smaller suburb or a smaller village or a smaller town, they probably would have likely settled with you to avoid the bad press. Ah. Uh, they don't like that bad press, do they? No. Cops would be run through the mud with the bad press. Yeah. What do you think about uh, sports figures and their kneeling right now? The NBA, as they as they play the anthem, the entire team, let's see, the coaches, damn near everybody in there because they're in quarantine, everybody in the house is basically taking a knee. What do you think about that? So I actually think it's a beautiful gesture. I mean, it's unfortunate that they left Cap out there hanging for so long by himself, right. really. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful gesture, and it's easier for people to go along and get along and jump on a bandwagon. Right. And I think we're seeing a lot of gestures. Like, I'm very annoyed by all the streets being painted with Black Lives Matter. Really? And all the statues getting knocked down. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's, um, they're doing it to pacify us. Mm. It's not any, there's no real change taking place. Mm-hmm. Have any systems. I did a whole video on this, like, last week, okay. ranting about have any systems come down. We're cheering about statues falling down. That's great. But have any systems come down? Have these dirty cops been fired? Have the cops who killed Breonna Taylor been arrested? Right. No, nothing has changed. Has the legislation changed in most places? No, nothing has changed. So it's beautiful to see the words Black Lives Matter on someone's back or on the streets or see someone kneel. And I, I appreciate the sports figures actually using their platform, using their clout to continue to bring attention to it. So I do think that that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, the, yes, the NBA, the NFL, the whomever are finally allowing people to express themselves through their First Amendment rights. Right. <laughs> finally allowing it does not make any systems change. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop the calls I get daily from protesters getting beat in the head by cops mm-hmm. for simply protesting and holding up a sign. Right. So that is my concern is that we applaud all the symbols, but we don't make any change in terms of systems. What can we do that's not in the legal realm? Uh, What can we do to bring about this change? Vote. Voting. And make your voice heard with whatever platform you have. So I have been saying all along, like, I'm very serious about the sheltering in place, very serious about the quarantine, in part because my mom died in February, and I now live with my dad, who's 80, and I'm like, I'm not risking bringing him nothing. Everything gets delivered. We get groceries delivered. We leave the house very, very infrequently because I'm not going to take that risk. I'm certainly not going to a rally with thousands of people to bring something home to him. But I have a voice. I have more power than the, uh, than the average protester holding up a sign. I have a platform. I have a video that got 1.1 million views in a day. Wow. I have a, the same video that got 2.5 million views to date. So it's like, and then I have 20 years of experience seeing this injustice play out in courtrooms. So I have a voice. I have a unique perspective. I have a different way to reach people. So whatever your platform is, whether that means you sit down and talk to your two sons and tell them um, something different than your dad told you, then that is a different matter. You know what I'm saying? You use whatever means you have, and then the most important one is to vote. Yes, I agree with that. And I'm sorry to hear about your mother, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. 
You know, it's it's just interesting to me, um, and we've been talking about it the whole show. Um, I agree with you that you know it's a nice gesture, but we need to uh, get some real, real change going on um, in the system. It's just it's time, and it just needs to happen. It needs to happen now. Okay, so I have one more question legally, and then we'll we'll move on to some of the other things that you're doing. I understand the legal process, right? What my question is to you, as far as the system is concerned, we are presumed innocent until proven guilty, correct? <laughs> That's what they say. What, what is it supposed to be? <laughs> Why do you spend years in jail waiting on your trial if you're presumed innocent? Because it punishes the poor. And so there's a movement away from money bonds, and this is a national movement. Okay. And in Cook County, the way it is played out is, those who are, I mean, you've really see it, seen it play out during COVID mm-hmm. because so many people were released on electronic monitoring because the outbreak at Cook County Jail was one of the worst in the country. Mm. But even before that, there was a move away from monetary bonds because all it did was mean that if you and I were charged with the same crime and you were a millionaire and I was not, I would sit and you would be free to roam the streets until your court date. Right. And so there's an obvious injustice in that. Like I remember when I first started off at the public defender's office, you know, we'd have these massive calls of 30, 40 people in a lockup. And I would see the same people month after month who had literally a hundred dollar bond. I'm not exaggerating at all Mm. for a theft case or a prostitution case, $100, but all of their friends together could not put a hundred dollars together. So they sat. Wow. Whereas you could have somebody charged with a violent crime who had means who would be released as soon as they could pay it. And so they realized or they are realizing the powers that be are realizing nationwide that that is unfair and that is unjust. And as long as you don't have a history of blowing court off, you should be given the opportunity or you're a threat to yourself or others. You should have the ability and the means to be released and come in of your own volition to court each time. Mm, makes sense to me. Where can we uh, support that movement? Or can we? Well, you can. Everybody has these different campaigns. So there's the Bill Project, the Chicago Bond Fund, where they actually put up money for those who, say, have a higher bond and the family can't even afford whatever the bond is set at. Mm-hmm. So you can support things like that. And then there, my... Um, Law Partner has a movement to get rid of unfair judges, and the judges would be the ones setting that bond. Mm-hmm. So there are different movements that you can be a part of for free or for, you know, whatever your donation is, or you can be on the ground helping them, you know, helping them get the word out. So I would just say do a little bit of research, find out whatever you're passionate about, and then go after that. Wow, okay, that's good. You mentioned prostitution which I think we're going to do a show soon (laughs) about the simple fact that when it comes to a woman's body, right to choose, you have the right under the law to abort. I say murder, not kill, but some people don't say it's a actual human. So whatever you want to call it, abort your child 
and their argument is it's a woman's body. She should be able to do whatever she wants to with it, but can't sell it. <laughs> we'll let you kill your baby, but we won't let you sell and make money from your body. That's just interesting to me, but that's another show. Yeah, well, I think the problem is most women aren't doing it on their own terms. So, yes, if you had an enterprising woman who was like, this is how I want to make money, great. But most people are either victims of child trafficking, of rape, of molestation, of some type of abuse, and they're doing prostitution out of that trauma years later, and they are doing it under the thumb of some man. And so I think that that's the real problem. We would see all these women who were clearly addicted to drugs, who were clearly the victims of abuse, being charged with prostitution when they are simply victims themselves. So I think that's the greater problem as opposed to simply saying it's my body. If I want to have sex with somebody and charge that person, that should be up to me. If that's all that was involved, I would agree. But I think that the problem is we are, not we because I'm not a prosecutor, but these people are prosecuting folks for being victims themselves, they simply got caught and not the pimp or the John. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I can agree with that, but I think there are also laws on the books outside of that that, that goes against, well, there's a law against um, uh, pedophilia, so, which I'm hearing they're trying to change that too. Ooh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, but there are laws against all the other uh symptoms that you're saying um what i'm have take issue with is that certain communities are targeted to make it easier for them to kill their child and their argument is it's the woman's body but you know you have some enterprising women out there that they now i'm not recommending that at all but what i'm saying is is that even those who aren't under the thumb of someone else uh, who haven't been trafficked and just decide that they want to make $40, they can go to jail for that. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah. So you you have the right to your body and as long as we tell you, you have the right to your body. Okay, so now you have, which is absolutely brilliant, a board game. Thank you. So after 20 years, well, it wasn't quite 20 at the time. The game's been out a year. Um, so after 19 years of practicing law, I got very frustrated with seeing the same things play out in court every single time. Even if I won and I win a lot, that did not mean that my client's brother, cousin, sister, mother wouldn't get arrested. It didn't mean that my client knew what to do in a police stop other than the specific facts of his arrest. I came up with a board game to never need my services, to never even fall into the snares of the criminal justice system. And I uh, thought it was a good idea, drew it out on paper, got a friend who was an artist to start working on it while I worked on the different scenarios. And so there are 54 real life scenarios that I've personally seen in court. And there are seven principles that the game teaches through the 54 scenarios. And so then I was like, well, let me see if the game is fun because it's one thing to have a good idea and it's another to have it fall flat because kids actually don't like it. But I play tested the game 
Um, I got five prototypes made, and I play tested the game on 300 kids, black and Latino, all over the city of Chicago and suburbs. And it was magic watching them play. Mm. I wouldn't tell them anything when I started other than, hey, I'm April, I'm a lawyer, you got 35 minutes to play this game. They would all kind of look at each other like, oh, we don't have to do a lecture today? Mm -hmm. We don't have to write anything today? And so, you know, whatever their class was, they would be relieved. But what was magical was they would put their cell phones down. The jock and the nerd were talking to each other. Mm -hmm. They're all talking trash about who's going to get to the end first. Mm -hmm. And they start talking about, oh, wow, this is why my aunt's in jail now. Mm -hmm. Or this is what I did last night and did get caught. Mm -hmm. And so then... We could have real-life conversations with some context at the end instead of me standing there shaking my finger at them saying, do this, don't do that. Mm. So the game after that, I, had, I surveyed all 300 students, asked them what they liked, what they learned, what they would change, and what they didn't like. And then I implemented all of their suggestions into the final product. Nice. And it's just been amazing the response. So the I always say this wrong. The Illinois Legislative Black Caucus bought a hundred games for a conference that they were anticipating doing with the youth. Okay. I had another nonprofit, Kumba Links, bought 150 games just to give away to the community during the pandemic. Wow. Because what happened was when protests broke out nationwide, and like I said, protesters are getting hit in the head daily by police. I'm not exaggerating at all. Mm-hmm people started saying, my kid really does not know what to do under these circumstances. And I have protester examples in the game. So they started frantically buying my game, saying, oh, wow. So if my kid is in a situation like a George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or, you know, all the other names that we're learning, they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Let me at least equip them. So some situations are out of control, out of your control. You get a crazy KKK cop who is hell-bent on killing somebody that day, you might not walk away. But that's not most situations. Mm-hmm. And in most situations, if you have tools, you will fare better than those who do not. Mm. Where can we get this game? You can get it at my website, which is justicejunkie.store. And I spell justice a little bit different because there's a saying that there is no justice, there's just us. Mm. And I started this whole movement to look out for just us. So it's J-U-S-T-U-S-J-U-N-K-I-E dot store. And I also do free videos every week to teach people what their rights are on Facebook and on YouTube So that if they don't ever, like I said, don't ever meet me, don't ever hear me speak, don't ever come across the game, they too will have tools to stop by the police. Great. I love that. I love that. Now, you being an entrepreneur, you have uh, something else going on that's going to help other entrepreneurs? Yes. And it's all because of COVID. Okay. So I've had several. Several businesses. I think you even came to my first book signing. So yes, I did. <laughs> I've had several businesses since undergrad. A poet. And uh, a poet. You know, I, huh? <laughs> a poet. <laughs> yeah, I was a I was a performance poet. I had three books. Now I have six books. Whoa. So um, you know, and I saw a lot of those as failures. I had two nonprofits, 
and some, you know, lasted. One nonprofit still in existence 20 years after me leaving Duke, and then the other one lasted for six years, and I saw that as a failure. But what I didn't realize is I walked away from each experience with lessons. Mm -hmm. And so when COVID hit, I my firm knew that everything was going to change for us because we do litigation. Right. So we make our money from going to court. Right. When the court shut down, how are we supposed to make money? Right, right, right. <laughs> so we quickly pivoted and said, well, what else can we do? And we, knew, we heard that the government was going to be giving out COVID relief loans. And everybody focuses on the federal government, but every level of government, city, state, county, whole bunch of corporations were all giving out money to help because small businesses, you know, really keep the economy afloat. Yes. So they were going to be giving out money. And so we had done very well with processing multiple applications in the past. We actually are the premier firm in the city for doing marijuana applications. Okay. We had filed 250 the first round, I think another 200 the second round. And so we're able to process financial information, go through documents quickly because we have a team in place. Okay. And so we said, well, what if we teach the same team to process these COVID apps? And they sat through all the webinars and they sat through all of the, the Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. And I was just a hype man. I knew a bunch of entrepreneurs. And so one of the young ladies who was helping us, we partnered up. I would recruit the, the different small businesses. Mm -hmm. She would be the one to do the number crunching. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of interest, but what happened was a good number of people who approached us hadn't done their taxes in three years, mm. had kept their receipts, mm. did terrible accounting, mm. didn't have any employees, okay. and so they didn't qualify. And so she said, well, hey, what if we make it our mission to help these businesses better position themselves, whether it's to get COVID loans in the future or whether it's simply to stay afloat. Right. And so we developed the quad coaches. We recruited two more of our friends so that we would have four pillars of business covered, marketing, finances and funding, mm -hmm. mindset, and teamwork. Okay. And that way, any business that is floundering or had to shut down all the way would be able to come back stronger after COVID. So we started a course, a five-week paid course that we did, and we actually end tomorrow. Okay. And we reached, you know, we have 11 students in that course. And prior to that, we did a free webinar and had 220 people sign up for that. But we still want to be able to expand our reach and help people set themselves up to continue pushing through the pandemic and come out stronger on the other side. Nice. So we're doing a five-day challenge that's free. Okay. And all people have to do is join our Facebook group. They hop in there. Which is? And we'll be doing live videos. I'm sorry. It's called How to Fire Your Boss. There you go. Fire his ass. <laughs> How to Fire Your Boss. <laughs> fire that motherfucker shit. <laughs> How to fire your boss after party. And on the group, we'll be hopping on every day next week at 6 p.m. Each of the four of us will go on and coach and train on, on a particular topic and give the members action steps to take immediately to get immediate gains in their business. Okay. So we're helping everybody relaunch their business, no matter if the business is two months old or it's 20 years old and whether it's a $2 business or a $2 billion business, 
there's always a next level, but with every level there's a new devil, and we want to help people be able to transcend whatever that next level is. Every level there's a new devil. Kill that ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fire. You're a business owner, you know that. Yeah, well. Every time you have a breakthrough, you have a breakdown. Man, listen. <laughs> People don't know the shit you go through. Just being a business owner, it's 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 it's, uh, it's wild. It's wild. I, I okay. So it's fire your boss after party. All right, group mm-hmm. need to get into that group and got to check out these. When when does it start? What date? Okay, it starts on Monday, August the tenth, and runs through August the fourteenth, that Friday. All right. August the 10th, get your ass into that group. Fire your boss after party. Then we need you to go over, since this is free, spend some money by going to justusjunkie.com. J-U-S-T-U-S-J-U-N-K-I-E dot store. Buy a game, buy a book, buy whatever the hell else she has on there. Do something. (laughs) Spend some money. (laughs) Because <laughs> she's going to give you a lot of free information. We got to quit. I mean, I love the fact that, you know, uh, you're giving away free information, but we have to learn how to support each other financially if we're going to grow as uh, a people, community, a nation. We have to learn how to do that. Uh, so when someone's giving you something away for free, yeah, go support them in another way. You know, that's what I believe. Yeah, we're doing a paid five, uh, a paid six week course as a result of the five day challenge. So I tell people get their coins together because when you pay, you pay attention. And obviously you get a lot more value that you can carry into. And it's not just you're buying something for your kids or you're buying a new toy. You're investing in your business, Mm -hmm. which could make you, you know, huge dividends. So I never understand why people are hesitant because I'm a course junkie. I'm always taking a webinar. Of course, I told my dad I think I took five five courses in the last two, three weeks. Mm. So I'm always trying to expand my brand and extend my reach. And the only way to do that is to get more knowledge. Right. You cannot, you are where you are because of what you know. Right, right. <laughs> and if you want to go somewhere else, you have to learn something new. That's, that's, that's very, very true. All right, so I remember getting your uh, poetry book, and I also hear that you are an artist. Uh, you're doing paintings or something like that. What's going on over here? <laughs> yeah, that was accidental. So I'm an only child, uh-huh. and A little when brat. COVID first hit. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and everybody was sheltering in place. I had a lot of friends who were having problems with boredom. And I'm like, first of all, you live in a first world country. You've got Wi-Fi. you got Netflix. you got video games. you got, what are you talking to me about, boredom? Yeah. And I would just keep joking, only kids don't get bored. So to inspire yeah. people, I started doing 10-day, I mean, 10-item lists, like 10 things you can do today you know, to beat the boredom. And then I started painting myself. I started painting just to pass the time, and I posted one painting, uh-huh. and people went nuts. Wow. And they wanted to buy it, and then I 
painted another painting. And everything I bought, it would sell within five minutes. Whoa. People would inbox me and buy it on the spot. Wow. I didn't have a website wow. and nothing. Wow. <laughs> and so then I started painting. Those were on paper. Then I started painting on four four foot tall pieces of wood. Mm. And that's actually my preferred medium, acrylic on wood. Mm -hmm. And I was, and I did a painting of a protest. Okay. And in the background, the whole city is a flame. You got a very diverse group, white, black, Latinos, all carrying different signs. You got the Black Lives Matter shirt, the Stop Killing Us sign, the I Am Not a Hashtag. That's my personal thing. Mm. Um, and everybody wanted to buy it like there was like a bidding war in my inbox and finally i said no this piece i'm keeping for myself sell that shit because i think <laughs> no i think it was important to memorialize the time and memorialize and everybody in the picture has masks on and i just thought it was important to memorialize this time in history we've never lived through anything like this before and so i'm going to hold on to that one i'm guessing it'll grow in value and maybe i'll sell it at a later date <laughs> but uh, you take a picture of it. you take a picture of it and then you you get your own print of the picture and sell that that, that damn thing you know me i'm about making that money sell it Shit. <laughs> yeah yeah i had to make prints of everything because people would be so upset that the piece that they wanted has sold. And so I made prints of everything and then sold the print. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And I applaud you. You've done so many things over the years. And you still look good. You're talking about all these 20 years you've Thank been in you. business. And, and uh, I remember we used to hang out at the gym and work out together. So, yeah, you keep, you're keeping it together. I love that. Oh, I did a workout video, too. <laughs> All during COVID. God damn, what? Been doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I thought I did a lot. But I feel like I'm not. I'm not keeping up now. I gotta get. I gotta get to work. <laughs> we have we have over uh, two hundred some products over at theindycity.com, and good grief. Um, I still feel like I haven't done any work after talking to you. Good grief. Okay. Listen, I appreciate it. Give everyone all of your uh, social media, please. Sure. So Justice Junkie on Facebook, Justice Junkie on Instagram. Yeah, I guess that's it. Okay. Great. Get in touch with her. Uh, I don't know when the legal system will open back up or uh, have the courts open back up or not. I don't know. But if you're in trouble... Get to them on the double. <laughs> okay, that was my Johnny mm -hmm. Cochran impression. Um, <laughs> just come up with some dumbass phrase and actually win from it. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, I appreciate you coming through the show, and uh, I, I wish you continued success, which I know you're going to be successful continuously. Just know that I'm proud of you. I keep saying first grade because I have literally known you since first grade. And it's great to see you grow into the beautiful, strong, talented woman you are. And I want to celebrate you right now. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. And I'm glad that we can support one another. And I was rocking my 
Indy City shirts on my video. Yes, you were. Thank and you. so hopefully that will get you some traction. I love and it. I got, you know, and I posted the link as well. And I had people asking me where I got the shirt from. So I am proud of you and all of your endeavors, and I'm glad that we can collab. Thank you. We'll get to work on something soon once this uh, smoke clears because I'm sheltering myself. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's why I started a podcast because people want me to come to their studio. And damn, like, I'm not going to nah. no damn studio. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. I got a whole condition. I I, nah, I'm not playing with it. <laughs> Y'all can talk all the shit you want to about it not being real, but a hundred and some odd thousand people say it's not in America right now. So until they figure this thing out, I'm going to be my ass in the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. April Prayer, I love I you. I agree with you. I love you, sister. And, I um, love you, too. And uh, continue success, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Well, the world's changing, ladies and gentlemen. And here in the U.S., it's changing a lot. We have a voting section coming up soon. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I will say that if you want change, you're going to have to look at people's record. And you're going to have to look at, is that record the change that you want for the future? Are you happy with what they've already done in their lives or their political careers? That's where you make the choice. Don't make the choice because you identify with a party. Don't make the choice because that's what you've always done. And certainly don't make the choice because that's what your family has done for decades. Investigate the records of the candidates. And from that, then make your choice. Because you just might have to live with it. If you want change, then vote for change. I'm King B. This has been the first Raw Fusion podcast. Brought to you by TheIndyCity.com I'll have you next time. TheIndyCity.com If you like independent clothing brands, independent art, or just things that are independent, then check out TheIndyCity.com There's clothing, art, and more all right there at TheIndyCity.com T-H-E-I-N-D-Y-C-I-T-Y.com TheIndyCity.com is a proud sponsor of the King B Raw Fusion podcast. Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion.